Welcome to Pop Psych 101, where we, licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad and licensed psychologist Dr. Haley Roberts, break down and analyze how mental health is represented in movies, shows, books, and across the pop culture and social media landscape. We will determine what lines up with real life and what is just pop culture fantasy. This is Pop Psych 101. Welcome back to Pop Psych 101. I am licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad, here as always with my co-host, Dr. Haley Roberts. Hello. Hello, Haley. We are back doing another deep dive on season two of Ted Lasso because it is just that good. We can't help ourselves. We have to keep talking about it. Yeah, and we definitely could not miss this topic because it's huge. Yes. So before we dive into what I don't know, is it fair to say one of our least liked characters from Ted Lasso? Um, Let's instead talk about some of our favorite characters from Ted Lasso. And then we'll take a break and we'll dive into uh, Nate, Nate the Great, the Wonderkind himself. Wonder kid. <laughs> Don't give him Wonder the benefit kid, of yes. the doubt. <laughs> I know, I know. It's such so funny the mix up there. So, so Haley, you know this this cast is filled with great actors, great performances. So I'm curious, who is your favorite character? Whether it's because of the performance or writing or acting, whatever it is, mm-hmm. who who are you most excited to see come into a scene in Ted yeah. Lasso? So. I love, obviously, the typicals, right? I love Keely. I love Rebecca. Um, I think they're so wonderful. But And then also Sam, just so lovable. But as going to come to a shock to literally everybody listening to this, my favorite character is Will, who is the new Kit Boy in place of Nate. <laughs> okay, before, say before, more. <laughs> yeah. Before this, you asked me like, well, who's yours? We don't want to have the same one. And I said, don't worry, we're not going to have the same one. And you are right um, about that. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I love him is he's just so thoughtful and kind nonstop. Like no matter how unkind Nate is to him, no matter how weird his job is, like when he finds cigarettes in the boots that he's trying to keep clean, he's just like so kind about it. Adds lavender to their towels because he's like, I love this (laughs) smell and it it will calm them down. It'll make them feel better. And then he gets them to make the jersey for Nate and like because he's like, I think it's a cool nickname. Like, I think it's sweet. Like, he embraces this mistake that Nate has made in a, like, really positive light. And whenever he comes on the screen, he's just, like, fully just, like, happy to be there and, like, engaged with the players and the team in a way where he's not trying to, like, insert himself either. He's, like, truly Nope, just, it's not like, about him. No. And yeah. I just, like, every time I see him, he, I'm like, he's just so kind. It could be that I dislike Nate so much and Nate is so unkind to him that it like makes me want to like love him even more. But he's my favorite. I just think he's so adorable. <laughs> what about you? So uh, my favorite character, without a doubt, is Roy Kent. It's got to be. <laughs> For so many reasons. I mean, there are so many great like think pieces about like the ideal healthy masculinity that Roy Kent possesses uh-huh. and displays throughout the the two seasons of Ted Lasso. But, um, you know, the way that he's able to be 
fully himself Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the sort of early part of season two where he's embraced for that. Like he goes on to on to the show reluctantly, basically just at Keeley's encouragement. Mm-hmm. And he's just fully himself and he is loved for that. And he, you know, despite his gruff and foul language appearance, he's really thoughtful and really yeah. uh, self-aware. You know, the episode where... Basically, Keely is annoyed by him because he won't stop being around her all day. Uh-huh. And, you know, his initial reaction is that is is anger. It's sort of like he's sort of like, what's the point? I can't believe, you know, my my girlfriend like doesn't want to spend time with me. But then in, uh, you know, in a really good display of of self-awareness when he's coaching the team up and basically yells at Jamie for not supporting his teammate. And Jamie, uh, I mean, you know, if you play soccer or football you know it's like giving your teammates space is actually the right strategy and jamie points that out Uh roy recognizes that's like oh my gosh i'm just doing the thing i do in my relationship and Uh assuming that your teammate or your partner or your spouse like just needs you there to support you all the time Uh and jamie doesn't even know that he's giving him relationship advice Uh but roy sort of like takes that and immediately just sort of with with a really tender understanding of like how he's not been supporting his partner uh-huh. and then just gives her exactly what she needs and it's uh-huh. like wow i don't i can't think of another character like him uh-huh. no it's totally true and also like the way that he is with his niece is he's like so yes oh my gosh so and, good yeah. yeah but also like very upfront right uh-huh. Like when it's, I think it's the Christmas episode, she's like, oh, I'm being bullied because I have bad breath. And, Uh you know, immediately his assumption is going to be like, well, screw those kids. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh He's like, you know, he smells her breath. And it's like, oh, man, it sounds like, I think he says, he sounds like you're dying. It smells like you're dying or (laughs) something. And it's like, he's, he's very frank and upfront and honest with people. And I think that actually allows him to connect with people in a deeper way than they're expecting. So entirely. And I think it's a really good representation of how if your intention is kind, like if you are a kind, thoughtful person, the way yes. that you do it doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. What is hard is letting people get to the point of getting to know you. But right. yeah, I'm definitely disappointed that it seems like they're planning for a Keely Roy breakup. That it seems like they're setting Roy up for the teacher who she seems like a great fit for him. I know. But it also I feels know. like they're kind of pushing Keely back to Jamie, which is a little bit interesting, but I do love Jamie too though. I love them all. Except well, right, not and all that's I think a testament to the show. Like. Well, no, not all of them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, an acknowledgement of that, we are going to take a short break, and after that, we are going to dive into Nate and all of the trials and tribulations and and descent into the person that he ends up being at the end of the season. Yes. <laughs> so, so stick around right after this break. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Haley. Uh, You want to hear about a really interesting podcast recommendation for you and our listeners today? I love podcast recommendations. Hit me. What do you got? Awesome. So Pretty Much Pop is a culture podcast. They talk about TV, movies, music, games, podcasts, novels, comedy, theater. They explore why and how we consume these things. 
They ask, how does pop culture even work in a world that is so fragmented and so connected? Where's the line between trash and treasure? These are all the questions that they ask. Sound pretty interesting, right? I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> a pretty much pop brings together philosophers, artists, comedians, and other smart folks to attempt and ponder these questions. Most of what people like is pretty weird when you think about it, and you and I explore that a lot on our episodes. And thinking about it is what pretty much pop does. Wow. Well, I, I am so excited to be sharing our listeners uh, more podcasts that do fun stuff like what we do. So yeah. if the listeners are interested, they can find Pretty Much Pop, a culture podcast, wherever they listen to their favorite podcast or find it at prettymuchpop.com. Pop Psych 101 discusses mental health as it is portrayed in pop culture media. And because of this, we often cover sensitive topics that can be triggering for some listeners. We also delve into the characters and plots of these stories, and therefore, spoilers abound. So please, use your discretion as you listen to the rest of the episode. All right, Haley, so we're back for season two of Ted Lasso, and this time we are diving deep into the descent of Nate, mm-hmm. who in season one is just sort of like a nice, you know, plucky side character. He goes from, um, you know, being the sort of person who just takes care of the clothes and the drinks mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things to being, you know, a respected member of the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But we pick up season two, and almost immediately we're noticing, again, this sort of weird dynamic between Nate and Will, your favorite character. My favorite. And Nate's just, it seemed like, seemingly for no reason, just sort of really going hard on every single thing that Will is or isn't doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think most of the most of the season, people are just trying to figure out, like, why like what's going on here yeah and you know to your uh, we we were talking about this before we started recording today's uh, this episode we do get some hints of it in the previous season Mm -hmm. when it's like as soon as nate feels threatened right Mm -hmm. or something that is sort of within his purview is being attacked or criticized he is very defensive and reactive and Mm -hmm. we see him starting to treat will you know, maybe because Will is doing his former job with just sort of a really high degree of criticism. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of season one, I believe it's the last episode when Nate gets promoted to coach. They don't tell him because it's a surprise. And so he walks in and somebody's already done his job. And so he freaks out at Will, like, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. And it's because he thinks he's getting... And breaks out at Rebecca. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He does. He also, like, he gets really aggressive with Rebecca as well. And so um, there are these hints in last season that, like, Nate's not going to be so wonderful. And what we see starting with Will is Nate is really unwilling to show others the compassion that he was shown. And so, like, from day one, Ted wants to know what Nate's name is. He wants to include him. He wants to hear his ideas. He like treats him as a part of the team from day one. And as soon as he becomes a coach and now Will is in that position, he starts talking down to Will. He's not part of the team. He is awful and bad at his job and things like that. And what I think is interesting 
is he never once mentions that that used to be his job. I could almost see somebody saying like, well, I know he's doing his job badly because when I used to do it X, Y, and Z, and that would make me think like, okay, this is somebody who just would do it differently. But with Nate, he never mentions that he used to be in that position. And I think that's more in line with the character that we're seeing, which is I want everybody to forget that I was ever not here. Like I have always been a coach. I'm always been in charge. I'm always that kind of stuff. But like right off the get go, there is not a smile on this guy's face. Like he is like not enjoying being there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And the other members of the coaching team, the diamond dogs, I think notice like something like what what's going on like why are you why are you being so hard like beard again with his classic uh-huh. kind of reactions and faces uh-huh. sort of like like what's what's going on here they they all kind of give him the look of you know man you're really kind of coming down hard on will and even mm-hmm. if they don't outwardly confront it they're just kind of like huh mm-hmm. okay and then nate's aggressiveness aggressive emotional communication style um eventually does get called out by beard so mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting to notice the sort of uh, inter-coach dynamic now that uh-huh. Nate is is a full coach on the staff. Uh-huh. You know, how he responds to, let's say, Ted's instruction or absence, right? How he responds to Jamie joining the team and whether he's consulted on that or not. Mm-hmm. How he responds to Roy joining the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So we kind of notice this pattern of, and we could just sort of talk about it being Nate's ego is like, Mm -hmm. he's kind of got this very fragile sense Mm -hmm. of self that if it feels like his role is being threatened, he is going to aggressively try to reclaim it or defend himself in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes pretty clear almost immediately. And like, think about how bad it must be. And it really is bad in the scene where, beard overhears him talking to colin yes but think of how bad it must be to have beard come forward and be like hey this is an issue so what we see is that what we as the audience know is that beard is ted's number two like he yes came with him from america he knows what ted means when he says certain things he knows what he's thinking like there's even times where nate turns to beard and says is that a yes? Or like, what does that mean? Or like, what did he just say? And Beard has to like interpret what Ted has just said, but also, okay. So then that's one thing. And then the second thing is Nate's fighting really hard to like prove to everybody that he is in charge, that he's a coach, that he's in this position, that he has something to offer. And because he's trying so hard to prove that he's doing it with a lot of aggression and a lot of anger. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. that gets called out by Ted's number two, right? And so Nate wants nothing more than to be Ted's person, right? And I think at the end when they end up having a fight, he says something like, you used to make me feel special or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. or you made me feel like I was important or something like that. And so clearly he like, before when he was the important kit man, it was cool. But now that he's like the, slightly less important coach he doesn't love that and what he doesn't realize is that like ted doesn't see him as less important than beard he sees them as equally important he just has a different relationship with beard yeah but then we see it represented in that christmas present that nate gives ted so it's 
a picture of Ted and Nate, and he writes his like Christmas wishes over beards full body um and that is like such a direct thing of like i want him to be out of the picture literally yeah and it comes after he got that confrontation from beard so he's clearly being like i don't like that this guy is here and then i have like another issue with that picture which is Mm -hmm. that's a picture of nate's big moment so not and i guess it is technically a shared big moment which is why ted ultimately really likes it yeah but what we know about nate when we see that picture we're like oh you're giving ted a picture of you Mm -hmm. you're you're being like hey this is be grateful for me look at how good i've done yeah like your gift is about noticing me and Mm -hmm. the part that's like so funny is he was like you don't even have a picture the picture up in your office well what we as the audience know is that that picture is in his bedroom at home so like yeah, he does home. hold yeah. Nate in in esteem, yeah. but Nate needs it like proven to him, yeah, in a very specific way, and he responds very aggressively, and then also very backhandedly, as we find out near the end of the season. Yeah, and we also get some clues to where some of this ego responsiveness comes from when Nate does have his best moment of the season, right? He saves the day after Ted has his panic attack slash food poisoning incident, um, I guess against Tottenham and Nate parks the bus is the strategy where he brings all the defensive back and they were able to force turnover and score. And it's an amazing uh, win for the team. And then Nate gets all of this publicity. Mm -hmm. Um, He gets to be interviewed he, which I thought was like the biggest warning sign, was like could not stop reading his mentions on Twitter. Uh-huh. It was weird, but I think very emblematic of like what what Nate felt like he needed was like uh-huh. this felt so good to see all these people complimenting him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in the aftermath of that, uh, him wanting the praise of his parents, right? So he's navigating, mm-hmm. you know, as, as as we said before, like the assertiveness training to kind of, you know, earn all of this progress and earn all of this praise. And all he really wants is to prove to his parents that he can get them a nice table at a Greek restaurant that they like. Mm-hmm. Um, that it all comes back to that for him, is for mm-hmm. his dad to be proud of him and impressed by what he's done. And the thing that his dad says after he's in the uh, in the newspaper for being the wonder kid is humility. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's thinking uh, of yourself less. Mm -hmm. Right. So in other words, like stop drinking your own Kool-Aid and Nate's just incapable of doing that. Yeah. Well, and that I think is a perfect narrative of Nate as a whole is he doesn't think very much of himself. So because of that, he's constantly questioning what role do I play on this team? Am I important enough? Like on how this other team? people see him? Yeah. And yeah. he feels that the only way he can prove it is by doing more, right? Like he's like, don't you guys ever want more power? Don't you ever want more say? Don't mm. you ever? And they're like, no. Imagine this. Imagine that. Staff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays in with this, this wonder kid situation, which is in the beginning when the, the hashtag wonder kid phrase is being used to praise him and being used in a positive way he is on board with that nickname like he's like hell yeah that was funny he 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 like i'm so great 
the minute those tweets start coming in, that's like, this guy sucks. Hashtag wonder kid. Like what's he even doing there? Suddenly wonder kid becomes this negative thing. And that's the thing that switches that Jersey that will gets him from this like really thoughtful gift to him throwing it at will and belittling him and being like, I will, I think he says something along the lines of like, make your life a living hell or something like that, like very directly aggressive and threatening. And and will comes around the corner. This is probably when I fell in love with him, but he like came around the corner, just like confused and hurt and heartbroken. And just like, I thought it was a lovely gesture and the team was behind it too. And, um, and I think those two things really pair up of like when he makes the play, some play or other, Ted was like, yeah, yeah, we should definitely try that. And Ted walks out and he's like, he's going to take all the credit for it. And then when it comes time to do that play, Ted says like, well, this is Nate's idea. This is Nate's idea. This is Nate's idea. And Nate was like, oh, now you're using it because it's not working. And the thing mm-hmm. is like, you know, Ted was always going to say that it was Nate's idea. Yeah. But Nate has it in his mind that as long as things are going well, he's on board with them. As long as they're not going well, it's an attack against him. And it's because he's thinking about himself all the time. He thinks that everything that everybody else does is somehow attack on him because he feels attacked for some reason. And again, it's probably kind of related to his relationship with his dad. Like nothing that he does yeah. impresses his dad. Like when he, even when he get ultimately gets the table, that's not impressive. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and ultimately, uh, you know, we see this very odd behavior of him spitting throughout season two in the mirror on the field. And, to, and it's, you know, it feels like it's pretty clearly uh, intended as this, you know, like Rebecca tells him to, she makes herself large, right? Mm-hmm. To pump herself up. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this is Nate's attempt to make himself large or make himself authoritative is mm-hmm. like he, you know, spits at himself in the mirror. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like, are you spitting at the, the version of yourself that you don't like? Right. Are you mm-hmm. sort of like, like the same, in the same way that he mistreats will, is he mistreating this sort of weak quote unquote mm-hmm. version of himself that he's experiencing? Mm-hmm. And, and in so doing, like, trying to sort of seize this more assertive, aggressive version of himself that he probably perceives as what gets results for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think – so let's talk about that body language stuff because I think it's really cool. Yeah. So the thing that Rebecca talks about where she makes herself really big, that has shown in studies to really work to make somebody feel – more confident. Another thing is the Superman stance. So standing with your superhero pose. Yeah. 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 Your your legs like um, shoulder width apart and then fists on hips and kind of standing there Mm -hmm. with shoulders back, like puffing your chest out. Those have all shown to increase confidence. What those are about is it's literally you're physically taking up more space. And so what that message sends from your body to your brain is I am worthy of taking up more space. And when you find people who are like anxious or uncomfortable or shy or nervous, look at them. Their shoulders will curl over. They'll tuck into themselves. They'll physically make themselves smaller. They'll try to take up as little space as possible. It also comes up in the the man spreading uh, situation. Yes, where you'll find sure. women take up less space than men in public. Men 
spread their arms out. They spread their legs out um, because of this cultural narrative of men are allowed to take up space. Women are not. So, Mm -hmm. so Rebecca taking up more space is literally breaking that narrative of I, as a woman, am allowed to take up more space. And so that message gets into the brain. So then when she's in an interview or a meeting, her brain is like, you're allowed to be here. You're allowed to take up space. What Nate, he does that and he's, he's kind of like, oh, whatever, that feels stupid. And then he spits. And first of all, spitting is so gross, but it's also, yeah. it's a degrading thing. Like it's, it's an yeah. act of, of being degraded. That's why like people can be like screaming expletives and names at each other on the street. But as soon as one spits in the other one's direction, that's when the fight escalates. Right. But what Mm -hmm. we learn about Nate in that moment is the thing that makes him feel good is being degrading, right. Is being aggressive. It's not degrading someone else. Right. Yeah. Yes. Not being degraded. Right. But being degrading. So, um, yeah. Cause like he's the one spitting. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. so what we learn is like, Oh, he, what, what Rebecca is doing is she's feeling better by being herself more, right. Being in her body more. Yeah. He's yeah, getting yeah. power by acting out basically. Um, he's feeling more confident by acting out and in the mirror, it's, him that is like it's his reflection that's the like the object of the acting out but on the team it's colin it's will eventually it's ted right and so the things that make him feel better about himself are acting out and and then again he goes out and he demands the table the woman gives it to him i don't think that would ever work but that's what happens and then he whistles at his parents and his dad says, like, I'm not a dog. Yes. And I'm like, even the whistle yes. is degrading. Like, literally everything yeah. oh my that God, 100%. Doing, Like, if somebody whistled at me, like, I think a whistle to get attention and a whistle like, yo, hey, hey, come here. Like, he did. Yeah. Those are different yeah. whistles. But yes, if anybody ever whistled at me like that, I'd be, I would give a similar reaction to his dad. Like, I know I am not like, a dog. Excuse like, me? Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. So everything about him is this like outward aggression because he thinks it's going to make him feel better. But what's happening is like he's pushing people further away and he's making people like him less and he's actually lessening his role in the team. Yeah. And, and there is a sense and it's never like explicitly said, but I think as you pointed out in the sort of end of the season confrontation between Nate and Ted, where, you know, Nate, it seems like, has probably been harboring some feelings about Ted for quite some time. Mm-hmm. That, sure, he, you know, appreciated being promoted and, and all that was great. And, you know, you used my my suggestions and, and sure, appreciated that. But I think the whole time Nate is thinking, like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't belong here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And even if Nate wasn't you know, in the position to be a coach, he probably always would have felt that way about mm-hmm. Ted, you know, um, like going back to everyone's mm-hmm. initial impression of Ted was sort of like, really this guy. Yeah. But Nate, it feels like never really lets go of that, mm-hmm. that even through the lighter moments, you can tell sort of under the surface, Nate still feels like this guy, mm-hmm. like this is what's working for everybody. Like this mm-hmm. is what people are responding to. Yeah. Because Nate sort of all along feels like 
he's been with the team longer. He knows strategy. He knows the players. He knows the league. Mm-hmm. And Ted doesn't. And the extent to any this the extent to which the team is succeeding, Nate feels like is not any reflection of what Ted is doing, mm-hmm. but is more like, you know, the players and him, basically. Of, you know, I know what, you know, what strategies to use yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Which he's not wrong, right? Like he No, of course. The- but 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 that it's yeah. one thing to be right about that. It's another uh-huh. to hold on to the sort of emotional meaning for him behind yes. that. Yeah, it's what he does with it, right? So he's the yeah. knowledgeable one on the team. And so I think of it kind sure. of like when somebody on Twitter posts something and then someone responds yep. like, hey, what does that mean? Or like, who is this person or something like that? You inevitably see one of the first responses as Google is a thing or like what you yeah. don't know who this is. Like this immediate like, what you idiot kind of response yeah and after that you'll see somebody respond do you feel better like did it make you feel better mm. to talk to somebody like that yeah and, yeah like yeah. go pick any any like post on twitter that has that kind yeah. of like mm-hmm. post and you'll see those kind of responses um and that's totally what's happening here which is ted doesn't know he knows he doesn't know but his he knows coaching. He doesn't know soccer. He knows coaching. Right. He knows people. Yeah. yeah. And so he's yeah. a very good coach. He's got Beard to fill him in on what the rules are. Like that's why Beard is there. Yes. And then <laughs> and then yeah. Nate is the one that like knows it even more than Beard because he's been around yeah. his whole life. He's been in it for so long. But because Nate doesn't feel confident in himself, that's a threat to him the way he feels powerful is by knowing more rather than being like, Oh yeah, no, well this is what the offsides rule is. He goes like, Oh, what you don't even know. Like you're like, and then you're going to take credit for it. Blah, blah, blah. Like feeling like he has to fight to be seen or fight to have a role. And that's why he hates it so much when Roy comes because now he's no longer the knowledgeable person on this coaching staff. Like Roy is that person. And so for him, that means like, Oh, well the only role that I had here for Ted was that I was the knowledgeable one. And then you brought Roy into mm-hmm. what you don't care about me. You don't care about me and my role, which again, yeah, Ted doesn't care about the knowledge so much as he cares about the people. And he likes Roy for the right. same reasons that you like Roy, which is that like, he's a good person. He brings good things to the team. And that's what Ted's looking for more than knowledge. Right. But, but uh, Nate can't see past that. Yeah. And, you know, Nate, obviously, uh, once he hears Ted's confession that he, in fact, left the the game because he was having a panic attack and he's in therapy with Dr. Sharon. And not only that, but then he's sort of getting teased during Rebecca's father's funeral about the, the suit that he's wearing. And it's like the suit that Ted bought him and all these different things. The, the sort of like this guy, it goes from that to like, mm-hmm. oh no, like actually like I'm I'm mad at at Ted or I hate Ted, mm-hmm. right? Because I think only that emotion could lead to leaking to Trent Krim that Ted actually left the field because of his panic attack. Yeah. Cause I think viewers finding out that that Nate was the one that did that, it's just like Man, it it really becomes hard to understand Nate as a character when you put all of these things together. Like, mm-hmm. what the heck is going on with this guy? Yeah. Well, so I think so. The um the Dutch player says like, 
another yeah. man buying you a suit, isn't that a little like, um, yeah, I think it was like, doesn't let attack your masculinity or something like that. Nate sees that as like, Oh, Ted did this to embarrass me. He starts to kind of, it's that same, that same switch with the wonder kid phrase, right? Like, Last season, yep. when it was a way to make him look good and feel good, and people were complimenting him on the look, he felt good. And so the suit was a good gift. As soon as somebody makes a comment that he does not like, that rattles his fragile ego, it becomes this huge issue. And he can't have that issue, right? Because that would also rattle his ego. So therefore, it must be Ted's issue, right? Ted must be doing this yeah. to me. And then another place where that happens similarly is when Jamie tells Keely that he still loves her. Roy loses his mind. Mm -hmm. But then when yep. Nate kisses Keely, Roy is like, no, don't worry. I'm super not worried about it. And <laughs> yeah. that's a crush to his ego, too, which I understand, right? Like, it's, it's like, wait, like, I'm so unimportant to you that like you don't even care that I kissed your girlfriend which like yep yeah kind of like you put yourself in this position you're like not a great guy you're not somebody that is offering that much to the team anymore and I think all of those things start to to build up where like people on the coaching staff and on the team are kind of just matter-of-factly undermining him in a way that he that they don't see as undermining, right? Like the Dutch guy saying that comment right, didn't mean it undermining. He that's just who he is, right? Like nope. they they set that up mm -hmm. throughout the season. Um yeah. and then Roy saying that he's trying to make Nate feel better. He's like, no, absolutely don't worry about it. Keely and I talked about it. Um, but Nate's like, no, you should be more upset. Like you should see me as more upset. Well, yeah, and I think again, that's a reflection, right, of Nate's feelings about himself. Like, I'm a terrible person. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I did this. Like, you should be as mad at me as mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. Like, you should want to hit me because presumably Nate wants to hit himself, like, mm -hmm. for as mad as he am, is at himself for having, mm -hmm. you know, tried to kiss Keely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's again this sort of projection of like how Nate feels about himself onto other people, right? Onto Beard or onto Jamie um, or onto Roy. And, you know, I think he and and Nate kind of alludes to the fact that I think I can't remember why I saw this, but like the the last conversation, the last actual interaction between Ted and Nate was like episodes ago, mm -hmm. and all along it's been like Roy's been brought in, and and all these other things have happened to uh, you know basically build up the team, mm -hmm. and even when Beard you know accuses Nate at least to Ted of being the leak. Ted's mindset is just like, well, you know, let him come to us, mm -hmm. right? Let him apologize. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not Beard's style at all, which is why Beard sort of offers to punch Nate in response when Roy decides that he doesn't really care to or not. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to see these interpersonal dynamics play out um, because all Nate wants is really to be taken seriously, but in a very specific context, yes. right? And when he doesn't get that, it's kind of like, well, screw all of you guys. I'm going to go somewhere else where I'll be taken seriously. Well, and what's so funny about it is that he is being taken seriously, right? Right. So, he just doesn't know. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. So yep. Ted sees him as a part of the Diamond Dogs team. Like he sees him as mm -hmm. someone who has something to offer. And when 
I don't know if it's every time, but like whenever he suggests something, Ted goes, yeah, let's do that. Let's try mm-hmm. it. Let's see. Yep. But Nate wants to be the person on the front cover of the paper with the headline, yep. with the, you know, like he, he feels as though that's going to be the thing that makes him feel good about himself, or that's going to be the thing that's made makes him seen, or that's going to make him a threat to others. And the reason why I say a threat is because like Roy doesn't see him as a threat, right? Like people don't see nope. him as somebody that like they're in com- competition with. They're like, you're just someone who's here. And, and that's like undermining to Nate. And yeah, I think it speaks a lot to Ted that he is incredibly angry with Nate because he finds out right away that Nate's the, the leak because of course. Um, yes. Trent Crimp tells Trent him basically. Crimp. I kept yeah. on saying Ted, Ted yeah. Crimp. And I, I was like, <laughs> neither of those are correct. Um, yeah. Trent Krim, like he tells Ted, like he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know that this is the case. So Ted already knows, but his yep. thing is kind of like therapy. Like I'm not gonna do the work for this person. I'm going to let them decide what they want to do about it. And to the point where, like, ultimately, when Ted finds the like ripped up believe sign on his desk, mm-hmm. he is actually kind of confused. He like has a confused look on his face where he's like, I don't know what I did to you, man. What happened? Yeah. 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 And he's, you know, Nate's paired up with, with somebody who also believes that aggression and unkindness is a way to get ahead. And so that's a place where Nate feels more comfortable, right? He's like, I can hang out in this space. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, much like one therapy session doesn't undo, you know, much like one pat on the back from his dad wouldn't undo, you know, all of this emotional stuff that Nate has built up. It's no surprise to me that Nate never interacts with Dr. Sharon because mm-hmm. it's like, as far as Nate's concerned, like he's not doing anything wrong. He is. Yeah. Everyone else is doing this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like he's pushing for what he wants. He's, you know, giving all the good strategy. He's becoming more assertive, all these things. So we we could imagine that if anyone was like, Oh yeah, Nate, do you do you want to meet with Sharon? He's like probably be like, What for? Like I could yeah. just see him that what do you that think being his sort me? of answer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. And I think the um getting paired up with Rebecca's ex. Mm-hmm. The way that I see it going is Rebecca's ex is looking for a lackey which is really funny. Mm, Sure. But I think it's going to be in a way that he makes him feel important, which is super funny because what Nate wants is to be seen as an equal, which is what Ted is offering him. Yes. But it's not pumping his ego up enough, right? He, He doesn't feel comfortable enough in himself that when he's allowed to just be himself, that's not comfortable enough for him. But I have a feeling that on this other team... Rebecca's ex is going to try to find it's going to pump him up and it's going to be like is you know make him feel important but is ultimately I think looking for a lackey like looking for a second in command somebody easily moldable yeah yeah it's so interesting you know because obviously over the course of the season this other sort of subtle until like the very end of the season progression with Nate is is his hair color yes (laughs) So Nate goes from like fully jet black, he looks like a young guy yeah. um, from at the beginning of the season to over the course of the season, like gradually becoming more and more gray uh-huh. to at the at the end of the season when he's like shown in the 
uh, as the manager of the other team, it's just like full gray. Uh huh. So I mean, for me, it's like, is that metaphorical? Is that like a health problem? <laughs> like, what? What's your interpretation of uh, yeah. like Nate's gray graying? <laughs> yeah, I think it's metaphorical. Yeah, I. When you think of like the the villains, right? They're always the ones with the scars and the gray hair and the pointy noses and the like crackly yep. voices and the right. Sure. Um, and so I think that it's like a visual signifier. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's Anakin becoming Darth Vader, right? Like apparently mm, I, think, sure. I think when you watch the helmet the, being lowered on. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, I think the thing is like in the first episode, baby Anakin is only wearing light colors and then in the mm-hmm. next one, it's like mixture of the two. And then in the one where he becomes Darth Vader, he's like only wearing black. Don't take my word 100% on that, but I believe I read that somewhere. I think no, I think that's pretty good. I think yeah. that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's something like that, right? Which is like last season, Nate was just Nate, just dark haired Nate, right? And then yep. like as mm-hmm. his descent into being the villain, he gets grayer and grayer. I also think that like, I know for a fact because I went to grad school, like stress is something that turns you gray. And when he was just the kit guy and he like didn't need to fight for a role because he was kind of just surviving because, you know, people weren't asking him for his name and Colin and Jamie were making fun of him and things like that. He didn't have the stress of like fighting for attention or like fighting for a role and and then this season, he was just fighting constantly. Yep, the whole time. Yeah. Like, yep. to the point where, like, I found it hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Especially how many. Yeah, well, as someone who has also a noticeable gray streak, I just have to say for all the men out there, and, and women that go gray from like, stress, like... <laughs> I was going to say it's not right. It's not. But as someone who relates to that specific experience of like stress turning your hair gray for no under no no like obvious reason, it's it doesn't need to be a signifier of someone turning bad. Like, <laughs> no. you know, um it right, it doesn't it it can just be like, "Oh man, just like like I remember uh like Barack Obama joking about how gray he got or mm-hmm. how gray he was going to be by the end of his last did. term yeah. and now you see him of course is is white hair." Yeah. So, you know, I think people can do just a fine job and also go gray. So, you know, Nate can take his gray hair and, you know, hopefully not come out on top in season three. Gosh, yeah, (laughs) no, he's awful. Yeah, I definitely think the the gray is one of those like Hollywood twists, right? Like the the scars and the, you know, pockmarks and the burn victims and the right like there's never any ever anybody who's like you know even if you think of the movie unbreakable like the guy in the wheelchair is the bad guy (laughs) right like sure it's like how unfair like how about we give people who have injuries or disabilities or something like that how about they're the hero like come on now let's not make them the villain (laughs) or the people who are getting old (laughs) but yeah it definitely um i definitely noticed that and i was like that's a real it's real on the nose like it felt it felt unnecessary yeah. because they made it obvious without addressing it which feels yep really unnecessary one thing that i think is a line that's very intentional um but like also very interesting is he says about jamie so nate says about jamie to ted it'll ruin morale to have someone belittling people all the time 
And I think mm. it was really powerful to have Nate say that because it really indicates yep. that he has zero insight, zero, zero insight, right? right? He has this mindset that we've talked about how it's always somebody else doing it to him. He does not play an active role. And so if somebody else is belittling him, it counts as belittling. If he's belittling others, that's not belittling. And it's him coaching, right? It's him yeah. like doing the job he feels like he's supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't even probably doesn't even realize he's doing it, right? Like the whistling right. at yeah. his parents. Like he was like, I'm being a good son. Oof. And it's like, yeah. no, you're really, really not. You suck so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also it's this idea of like extremity. Like he always jumps to the extreme. Yeah. So when like mm-hmm. Danny was having the yips, he Ted comes out and he goes, do we have a problem? And Ted or beer just kind of nods. And then Nate says something along the lines of like, it's not a tragedy. It's a mother effing Shakespearean tragedy. And it's like, it's, it's not like Danny's missing some shots. Like we'll be okay. Like we'll figure it out. Yeah. But I think that that's really those two pieces are like really an emphasis of like, Oh, right. He's going to take everything to the extreme. Like he's going to, it's everybody else is going to be a problem. Everything else is going to be a tragedy. He feels as though Danny not making shots is somehow a tragedy for him rather than being like, yeah, yeah, rather than being like, "Uh uh-oh, like we need to help Danny. He's like, this is a problem for us, a tragedy for us as a team, which of course it is, but like, Beard and and Nate and uh, Beard and uh, Ted and uh, Higgins yeah. are more focused on getting Danny the help he needs. All right, and that's why, in some ways, Nate is sort of a a really interesting villain, mm-hmm. right? It's because he is so different from Ted, mm-hmm. you know. And you see this moment of the team rallying around Nate multiple times, mm-hmm. just sort of like accepting and so proud of him as a coach and and apologizing and celebrating the Wonder Kid jersey, like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all Ted's influence, like yes. creating this, this environment that's so emotionally supportive and mm-hmm. self-aware that if like, if there's a member who's out of line, that they respond to that with care and concern, you know, not aggressive confrontation. Mm -hmm. And yet that's what we see Nate do time and time again. It's like, Mm -hmm. man, if this is Nate's style, like I feel like we're set up for season three for Nate to do some like real dirty, like sabotage type stuff. Oh yeah. Because that's, you know, like that's what Nate does is like, that's sort of like win at all costs. Yeah. Mindset. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, you could see him doing that. Yeah. 100%. So, Yeah. And I think another thing that we've kind of jumped around a lot in this um, episode because it's there's so many bits and pieces of Nate that intentionally don't it's intentionally not this like seamless growth. Like we've talked about it that way, but really what it is, is it's a bunch of puzzle pieces that you're continually putting together until finally you're like, Oh, it's a gray haired man. Um, but, (laughs) But the piece that like I really noticed because this is a discussion that I've had with patients a lot is that micromanaging is very frequently a form of anxiety. So, Mm. and we see seizing control because you feel out of control. Yes. And so what you see is you see Nate and I think it's with Will. I didn't write down when I wrote this, this note Mm -hmm. down, but I think it's with Will where he's like telling him exactly how to do something or I can't remember what it is, but at some point he's micromanaging and, and Ted 
does the opposite, right? He says to Roy in season one, like, if you have an issue with Jamie, talk to him. Or he like says to Beard this season, like, let Nate come to me, right? Like there's no micromanaging. It's letting people figure it out for themselves. And when he does like do a little bit of micromanaging kind of stuff with like Roy trying to get him to come coach, He's very obvious about it, which takes it away of from course, micromanaging. Right. No, 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 yeah. yeah, and it makes it more just like, I mean, I'm just suggesting, right? But like in a playful way that right. they both know what he's trying yeah. to say. And so it's that's just managing, right? That's not micromanaging. But micromanaging, yeah. Yeah, what totally it is, fair. is that you as the, the leader does not trust that either you have mm-hmm. trained the person you're working with well enough to do what they need to do or does not trust them to be able to do what it is you need them to do. And so you're anxious about what that'll mean about you. You're anxious about what that, how that'll come back on you, right? Because think about it. If someone in a different department screws something up and it has nothing to do with you, you go like, that sucks, right? Like you're like, ooh, yikes, yikes for them. You may offer support if you can, but if it has nothing to do with you, you don't interject yourself in it. So if you're hyper interjecting yourself in a situation like this, it's because you're worried about what it's going to mean about you. You're worried about how it's going to affect your flow, things like that. And and we see Nate doing that a lot, trying to micromanage Ted, trying to micromanage Colin, trying to micromanage Will. There's a lot of like, instead of just letting people be themselves, he's like really judgmental and really trying to like control all the pieces. Yeah. 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 So we can, you know, we can try to have some empathy for Nate, but it's a, he's a really hard guy to want to, you know, want to support and want to understand. Like we can kind of understand like where some of his stuff comes from, but at no point is it an excuse for the way yep. he treats people. Yep. So yeah. Understanding does not grant permission. That's right. Well, and I think that's why people react so strongly to him in this season is like, even if we see the sort of breadcrumbs of like, yeah, sure. You know, Nate has some insecurities, this and that it's like, but man, what a, you know, <laughs> what a bad guy yeah, a at jerk. the same time. It's yeah. like, man. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah. So, you know, I think there's, reasons for why people are maybe frustrated with his arc Mm -hmm. in this season is because it just sort of in many ways feels so out of line with the show Mm -hmm. um the sort of tone that the show sets Mm -hmm. but i think that's what they're probably trying to do is sort of add to the next arc of that is going to be this show because i think season three is going to be the last season unfortunately of ted lasso it is yeah which i think is good i think it's smart when a show is yeah yeah has this kind of vibe to it it's like the good place like mm-hmm. i think it's good to like end it before yeah. it you can't loses. go on forever yeah yep they don't have the story yeah. the the storyless lines that shows like seinfeld or friends had they like actually have right. these arcs that if they get overplayed they actually lose their power and it's such a good show you don't want to do that to it right okay so on a scale from one to five window tables how accurate do you think this season and last season portrayed someone like Nate's growth or lack thereof in a situation like this? Yeah, so it's it's a tough one because even though we don't like the way that it progressed, mm-hmm. 
you know, I do think that this is a realistic portrayal of how people's behavior and how their emotional regulation or dysregulation can evolve over time. Not that it's a good way for it to evolve, but that it's absolutely realistic, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. You know, I've worked with people whose partners or spouses are like Nate, you know, uh, you know, whose kids are like Nate, all these sorts of things where it's like, oh, man, I just having a really hard time uh, connecting with him or understanding him or Mm -hmm. communicating with him. And it's like, yeah, there are Nates out there. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, I do think it's pretty accurate. Yes. I think it's played up like I don't think someone goes full gray over the course of one football season. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's not that far removed from reality as mm-hmm. sort of frustrating and sort of sad that is to yeah. watch someone, you know, have this sort of emotional experience. Yeah. So because of all that, um, I am giving Nate's character evolution Um yeah, probably like a 4.2 out of 5 window seats on in terms of accuracy. I think uh-huh. it's again frustratingly pretty accurate for, you know, how people can be negatively affected over time mm-hmm. by the things that they get stuck on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a perfect uh, representation of a power trip. Yes. He was given a little bit of power and he really gets drunk on it and just wants more and more and more and thinks that it'll make him feel better about himself in a way that it power doesn't make people feel better. It just makes them feel more powerful. And then they end up being crappy people like Nate. <laughs> I really don't yeah. like him. him yeah. And, him and Jane, I don't like very much, but at least Jane I find <laughs> has redeeming moments, but Nate really does. Right, like adds to, right? Adds to as opposed to sort of yeah. maybe takes away. So then maybe it's uh, fair for for me to ask you um, on a scale of 1 to 5 uh, really sweet gestures by Will to make a jersey with Wonder Kid on the back. Mm-hmm. How much did Nate's storyline, did his evolution add to or take away from your enjoyment of season two of Ted Lasso? Yeah. On a scale from one to five Wonder Kid jerseys, in terms of how enjoyable this made the series, I'm giving it a negative two (laughs) truly there were parts of this season where i wanted to switch off because i like knew what was coming and then there were times when it became like the the wonder kid jersey episode ended and i was like nervous like where's the next episode gonna start is it gonna be yeah kind when he interacted with Colin, I hated it. Yeah. Basically, every time Nate was on the screen, I was unhappy. Like, it just made me so just, like, cringy. And, like, every single time, like, at one point, the the captain of the team comes up and he, like, has a little handshake with Ted and he gives a hug to Beard and he goes up to Nate and, like, fixes his tie and, like, Nate loses his mind. That's also something yeah. we didn't talk about is how no, I know. as big as Nate tries to be, everybody's always fixing his tie for him. And so they're always like, yeah. no matter how big you try to be, we all kind of see you as like this kid that needs Like the help. kid brother yeah. trying his best. Yeah. Which is like yeah. such a self-perpetuating cycle, right? Which is oh, like, yeah. he, mm-hmm. the angrier he gets, the more he feels like a kid that's throwing a tantrum, the more he feels like a kid that's throwing a tantrum, the more these people want to yep. like f- help him. So yeah, it like I, I'll give it a zero. Like, I really don't think it added to it at all. Um, 
I, I can see why some people would give it some for entertainment value because I know a lot of people were very intrigued to see where it goes. Where this was going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I s- understand that. It didn't do it for me. Like, I was like, I would be no, happy if you. this uh, wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, the show, I think we, even people flock to it is it's just so, it's like a warm chocolate chip cookie. Yes. And Nate is like... Uh, I don't, depending on you, how you feel about raisins or how you feel about meds, that's worse than a raisin. Uh, it, Nate is a, for me, it's the something yucky in your chocolate chip cookie <laughs> <laughs> where all of a sudden it's like, Oh God, every time he spits, it's just it's like, Oh, come on. Like, yeah. wh- what are we doing? So yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. And, and I hope that the way they continue to evolve the character makes it something that sort of, uh, we can continue maybe appreciate or understand a little bit more in yeah. terms of how he's being used to, as a yeah. Ted Lasso antagonist. So yeah. And what's we'll also see. really nice is that like, he'll be on a different team, right? So we'll get to be like, okay, yes. good. So it you won't be, be you he's be not always hovering. There. Yeah. Like you're not this person <laughs> yes. to Colin That's and right. Will and like our That's like right. loving right. people. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, we have we have more Ted Lasso content to look forward to, Haley. I think we're going to we're going to keep playing around with this because it is so uh so much good and so much of interest. So, we'll do at least one more episode, I think, of Ted Lasso. So, please look out for that. And we hope you all have come along for the ride and are enjoying our deep dives here. So, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Pay attention. Uh, pay attention. Pay attention to us on social media. Follow us on social media. And uh, we are at PopPsych101 everywhere you can everywhere you can look for us. And as always, feel free to send us suggestions. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.